With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Bilbro um, with 25th Dynasty Scroll. This is the first episode. Um, this is a, a show where I want the hard questions to be asked so that we can get to the answers so that we can get to the progress that we need. Um, our first topic, our topic today is, is the black woman being gentrified. Now, um, this topic came about when I was doing some research on the Internet, and I came across a Louis Vuitton ad for hairballs. And these are the same hairballs that we buy in the beauty supply store for about ten for a dollar, they come in the pack, and Louis Vuitton was selling one hairball for two dollars and fifty cents. And yes, we talk about gentrification of districts, of areas, of um, places, um, but we don't talk about the gentrification of culture. We don't talk about the gentrification of a people. Um, there was some time ago, uh, Kim Kardashian uh, had some braids, and that was a really big thing. Well, white people have been wearing braids since Bo Derek, even, um, even before that. So the question then is why is it um, acceptable uh, for them to wear these, but when a white woman, I mean, when a black woman wears braids, she can't even get a job wearing these braids. Um, but a white woman is stylish, it's trendy. And um, I wanted to talk about that today because in order to gentrify a people or a group of people, you have to first vilify the original group of people to make it acceptable for the other group of people to be able to capitalize on it. Um, so with that, I wanted to break down uh, the word gentrification. Now, the first meaning of the word gentrification is the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to middle-class taste. The process of making a person, oh, the second um, definition, is the process of making a person or activity more refined or polite. So from those two um, definitions, in order to find the true meaning, I have to define these key terms, um, what middle class is considered, what um, refined means, 
what polite means and what improve means. So those are the words that I um, that I went deeper into. Improve, make or become better. Develop or increase in mental capacity by education or experience. Achieve or produce something better than before, better than. So the definition then becomes the process of making a district to conform to middle class taste, to the process of making a person or activity more refined um, and to conform. Conform, comply with rules, standards, or laws of a person, to conform of a person, behave accordingly, according to socially acceptable conventions or standards. So to gentrify a, a person would mean to have them behave in a socially acceptable and conventional way. So in order to gentrify a person, and I've seen it done to black women, our natural state has to be has to first be demonized. Um there are a lot of black women who don't that's who have a a different who who has a, a not a difference a debate with themselves back and forth or whether or not they should wear their natural hair or should they perm it or straighten it because the standard is in the business world women either they have straight hair and it is tidy, and what society feels is acceptable. That's part of the gentrification. Because while we are trying to climb up the corporate ladder and we're trying to gain what society says is successful, we are put in a position where we have to try to look like and be and or be somebody that we aren't. Um, and then who we are is then celebrated by those other than the other than us who partake in. So it's a very vicious um system set up, and the black woman unfortunately is um I'm not gonna say victim, I hate that word um. is the recipient of the negativity in that dynamic. And guess three. Okay, I would like for some, I, I want I want somebody I want you guys to pay. I want to know um how do you think we can reclaim uh oh, I can't even think of another word. Our awesomeness and have it be accepted, but do we even want acceptance? And that becomes an even bigger question because gentrification means that we have gone to look like and be like someone else. So that that would mean that we are trying to gain acceptance. So if we stop trying to gain acceptance, 
can the black woman truly be gentrified is the question that I want to ask. If we stop seeking acceptance, can the black woman truly be gentrified? So, um, hi, Lisa. I, yes. Uh, this is Leslie. Um, so I, you know what? I'm not exact. I know you defined gentrification um, earlier in the call, and um, I know, as, uh, just judging from my personal experience, I'm working in corporate America and working in private settings. Um, I actually have been able to, I've been very conscious of my natural hair because I I wear um, my hair a lot. Um, But even in the private setting, working for nonprofits, because the dominant culture believes um, that a certain appearance is, quote, unquote, professional, I've tried to make sure that my locked hair is always neat, that um, it doesn't look uh, like some people might have called, like there are different ways that you can lock your hair. Um, I've Mm -hmm. chosen the individual lock. But there are some people that I've worked with um, who have bongo locks, the the locks that are Mm free-forming. And for some people that was not professional, but, he carried himself in every way as a professional, and it was okay, but that was in a private setting. In the corporate culture, that would not have gone over well at all. So, um, But as a, as a woman, as a black woman, I am very conscious of my natural appearance um, and being on the Dr. Shade of Brown spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also very conscious of, of how I appear um, to to the people who I am looking for, um, quite honestly, uh, I don't want to say acceptance, but it's people who could actually pay my, pay me. So, mm-hmm. um, so to answer your question, I think reclaiming it in in, in small ways, um, I I actually have seen more of us in the corporate setting with natural hair. Um, okay. Everybody is not rocking locks. I mean, I had I saw actual puffs, but it was all neat, um, and it, it and it and it appeared, you know, presentable for work. Um, I think we can do it in in ways that, especially if we're looking for for something, because when you're asking for somebody to pay you for a job, then of course mm-hmm. they make the rules. Um, so if you are in that position, I think. You know, follow, of course, you have to follow the rules um, within reason if it's not violating your civil lib- liberties. And I think um, we reclaim it in small ways, um, as we always have. We've been, we've always been very creative as a people. Um, but I think, you know, if you you, you start wearing your natural hair, um, you wear African-inspired earrings or. Um, things produced by our culture, um, ways that you can accentuate your look in a way that is authentic to who you are, and not necessarily what you what you think they they would approve of. 
Um, and so I think that's how we reclaim it. Um, and then on a larger scale, having more black designers, uh, Kanye West aside, I saw that, that ridiculous um, clothing mm-hmm. line he just, that was like garbage. But yeah. something that our people could wear, um, would purchase, would wear, like we always did, like the guy who created FUBU, you know, it was authentic urban wear for us by us, and we need more black designers um, and, and and more black uh, millionaires should underwrite those folks, um, just like Sean John. Those are brands that are big, that are that began as black-owned entities. Um, hmm. so I think that's how we reclaim it. I think that's how we do it. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that you were more conscious in the corporate environment because you would otherwise be seen as threatening if you weren't, like like if your locks weren't so neat? Um, not so much threatening because I wasn't in, in the corporate world. I was not in a, a position of, of, of significant enough power to threaten anybody. Um, but, um, I think, okay, so in that aspect, not threatening, but in the other aspect, me coming in there like, you know what, power, and not, I don't want to make a joke, but like, if I'm too over the top, too overly mm-hmm. ethnic, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely not. I wouldn't have gotten a job. Um, uh, <laughs> like, and you're yeah. not supporting your black power movement. <laughs> you cannot go in with a dashiki. Right. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I, now once I get my foot in the door and I see the culture of the work that, you know, because people were coming in there with spandex and, you know, on casual Friday, they was very casual. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I played the part until I was a part of the team, and then once I was inside, I was able to see um, what was acceptable and what wasn't. And then um, for a large, the way that I dress and the way that I present myself is the way I want to show the or express myself to the world. I have to feel good about what I wear. Um, I have to feel beautiful about what I am and comfortable with what I'm wearing. And, you know, it's not always the the things that may look me have me looking the most ethnic or the the most, you know, forward thinking person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's I also think it's the way that I represent myself and um what comes out of my mouth. Because you can yeah. you can look the part, but if you are a fool talking, that's a problem. Now, on that standpoint, I have been in a situation where I have seen, now it wasn't me personally, but I saw a situation with um, a company that I was working for and there was somebody that came in and their look was ethnic, but it was professional, Right. And then there was somebody who else came in whose look was professional minus the ethnic. And the only – okay, 
looking ethnic means that I'm just looking my culture. But for her to look professional, she was a white woman, and she just looked normal, like they're, they're you know what I mean? She like looking, them. Right. And uh-huh. um, I had a chance to talk to both of them, which is why I weigh, I'm, I'm weighing in on it now. I was able to have a conversation with both of them while we were waiting. And the 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 lady with the, the more ethnic look, the black lady, very professional. Like when she opened her mouth, and I didn't assume that anything else from looking at her. However, when she opened her mouth, she impressed me even further. And then the white lady had pop was popping gum, and she was like, well, I, I knew somebody that was in here, so they told me to come in for the interview, and I just came. And it was that. It was, it was, that, it was who she knew. And the white lady ended up getting the job. Now, I don't know what happened in the interview, but I know that this woman – that I, the both women that I was talking to, the one that I was talking to initially, she wanted the job. She applied for the job. She came to interview several times for the job. This is not her first time coming for the job. And that other woman just happened to know somebody and ended up getting a job because I got the job and the other woman, the, the other black lady did not. So I don't know. And this is before I got my locks. I had a perm. I had a flat you know, hairstyle, and the other lady, she had locks in her hair. I don't want to think that because I had locks and because the other lady was white that we were the, you know, I was the lesser of two evils. They didn't want to pick the woman that already had the locks. I don't want to think that. But with me and the the other black woman that was there, that other white woman, whether regardless of who she knew, should not have had that job, right? She should not have been hired. And that was one of the things, even going into that position that I looked at, that it didn't jade my view because I didn't want to go in with uh, preconceived notions and negative um, expectations of the position. However, I just took notice of that and their hiring practices. And um, needless to say, I didn't end up at that job for long. Um and I noticed that a lot of black people didn't didn't stay at their job for long either. And a lot of them ended up quitting because of uh, higher ups making very insensitive jokes in a common area. And they did not list, they didn't think that they were being heard, and they were. So the company as a whole, the whole uh, system was, um, man, it was messed up. It was messed up, and I, I had to work there to learn that. But I've I've seen that, and I saw that happen a couple of few times at that company, which made me really take a step back, like, wait a minute, why am I here then? And when I saw, I, I knew why I was there. But I asked myself the question, if I changed my hair, would I still be, would I still be as valuable? Even though my work performance was still the same, and I just changed my hair, would my work uh, would, would would it be different? So, um, I changed my hair, and uh, <laughs> uh, it got really bad. Like my work performance went from a ninety-eight point five in in um, uh, accuracy 
to a 95. And my, in order to keep my job, it had to be a 97.5. It had gotten to a point that almost the moment I changed my hair, my performance had gone down to the point that I was screenshotting my work. And I had found out that they were going in and changing my work performance to get me out because, and I, I can't think of anything else other than me changing my hair. So um, with that said, we do have to reclaim, um, and like, like, like Carla said, we have to just start desensitizing. Um, we have to just start being prouder of who we are and just start wearing it. And regardless of who has a, regardless of who has what to say about it, we just have to be comfortable enough with who we are to desensitize this world, revert this world back to the way it was. And whether or not they're comfortable with us, we have to be comfortable enough with us. So that was our first show. I hear the dings, you guys. That was my first show. Um, I appreciate uh, callers, guest three, and Florida Tampa Metro for tuning in and sticking with me the entire show. Um, I want to thank the caller for calling in. Perhaps you can come and be a guest on the next show um, or a future show. Um, I think I'll be doing this every week because I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the conversation. Um, so next week, uh, Friday at 7 p.m., I'll be going live, and I will see everybody back then. Great show. Thank you for having us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.